The following program is rated MAL. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. Green flag waving for the always exciting Sheldon Hutchill. He'll bounce the right rear off the wall in turn four. Lot one for Sheldon Hutchill. Quick time! Off turn four. Quick time! Ten, zero, three, zero. Second lap time for David is quick. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Quick Time, the podcast. Fuck, it is cold outside, boys. Uh, I, I don't know how you guys are staying warm because it's it's damn near chilly outside. Uh, we got the crew with us. Brad Brown, how's it going, man? I don't know how people up in Canada and Alaska do this. After two days, I'm, I'm so over this. I'm ready for uh, uh, warm weather and moving to Arizona. Jason Orth, man, how about you? You staying warm yeah. over there? I'm in the same boat, man. I'm uh, down in the basement tonight, and it's freezing down here. And I don't know how people do it. I, I used to used to hate the heat, and now and you say, well, you know, I can always put on more coats. And now it's totally the other way around. Why I, I took out? It, it's so cold. Like we go take out the the garbage, and you don't want to run back because the wind chills too much for you from running. So. Damn straight. That that yeah. forty yards you got to walk to the mailbox is, is yeah. brutal. <laughs> I, I don't Tim, Tim Elwin, Serena. I I don't know how you guys are doing it down there with the you know minus two. It, it's got to be tough for you guys. <laughs> I'm surprised they even have a snow scoop, but they, it looked like they did have one out there. Yeah, I don't know. He he said it's a, it's a new record low down there in Dallas today with a minus two. I tweeted back at him. Uh, that's cute. It's minus twenty four here. <laughs> so I've got a nephew down there too. He's yeah. He's he's been without power for like three days now. So I, I do feel for him. Yeah, I mean it's tough for the, those guys down there who don't normally have to deal with this crap. You guys up north, you Canadian friends of ours. Like I said, I don't know how you do it. I mean, I love Canada. Love the uh, the great pastime of the canadian uh people up there with hockey but dealing with 24 below every day for four or five months out of the year not not my cup of tea boys yeah. nope. i can't wait for the weekend it's gonna be 35 degrees and uh, we might be feeling like we are on a beach or something mm-hmm. with this hopefully we get some snow melt we gotta get rid of some of this stuff yeah definitely i mean this past week i went to the ice box to watch hockey just to warm up a little bit so <laughs> anyways we got a action-packed show for you tonight we have our highly anticipated pick them top five contest between us three see uh to see how how much we don't really know about the sport of racing because <laughs> we're gonna come back and at the end of the year and see how see how we fared out and i don't think it's gonna be good so uh <laughs> also joining the program with us will be justin zachi is the the uh the lead editor for the new Dirt Empire magazine, that's kind of replaced the uh, Dirt Monthly, which replaced Flat Out Magazine back in the day. Flat Out Magazine is probably uh, one magazine that's near and dear to Brad and my heart because uh, they actually gave us a chance to go out out to the racetrack, shoot some photos, and kind of kind of got our foot in the door a little bit with those guys. Yeah, they, they gave the little guy, Justin gave the little guy a chance. Uh, you and I and Jason were trying to get our foot in the door and trying to enjoy a hobby and so forth. And, uh, we had a lot of resistance in a lot of different ways. And, and Justin, uh, if you reach out to Justin, he, he gave us little guys a chance. And so we got uh, our, our pictures published in his magazine. 
uh, never got the cover, got the inside cover, but never got the cover. Uh, so, but it was a, it was a fun time and really appreciate Justin for uh, allowing us to just drop in a little bit and be a, just enjoy a hobby that, uh, that we all still love to certain degrees. So uh, the, the inside cover, was that your, uh, your famous uh, Travis, uh, God, I can't even think of Travis Rylett. Travis Rylett photo from uh, no, that, that photo never got published anywhere. Um, actually, I'm not sure, but no, no, this was a just a just a cool shot. I, um, you know, honestly, I'd have to dig out my my magazines and see what which one it was. But uh, yeah, it was just a um, it was a I don't even know what it was anymore to be honest with you. But I know I got the inside cover. I got the cover one time on Flat Out Magazine. I have it hanging up here in the office wall. It is uh, of John Carney. Coming out of one of our favorite spots to shoot outside of turn two at Eagle Raceway. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. So my one cover uh, with those guys. So I think that's pretty cool. That's something I have framed up on my wall that, that I'm pretty proud of because uh, there was some some haters out there. Jason knows who they are. Uh, shooting the, the little 50-millimeter special. Mr. Uh, oh, <laughs> fuck, I'll call it out. Mr. Bob Jones saying that <laughs> that I would never amount to anything when it comes to the photo stuff. So uh, that's my kind of big fuck you to him. So. Yeah, threatened to put me on the national no list, and I'm like, yeah, go right ahead and do that. Yeah. yeah. You respect my authority. Yeah, whatever, dude. We all had resistance from that that guy, so uh, <laughs> we all we all prevailed, so it's all good. Yeah, definitely. And to round out tonight's show, we are going to discuss the highly debated topic of the week, the uh, World Outlaws becoming a invite only for uh, Bristol Motor Speedway there in April is when that race is, I believe. Mm-hmm. coming up soon so yeah so we're going to debate that a little bit and uh but before we go off and do our our top fives uh we're going to pick the top five top fives out of the outlaws all-stars usac sprints and the midgets but brad's not going to partake of the midgets because uh he doesn't know a whole lot a whole lot about him but uh i did set up a uh, a google voice number so if if you guys want to call in the program leave any messages comments or anything like that We'll play some good ones that we get, if we get any. Uh, we'll play some of those on the air. So that number is 402-937-9003. So, uh, like I said, call in, leave a message, anything you want to hear us talk about, or you know, you can tell us how shitty we are. Uh, we'll, we'll probably play it because we need some content. So <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, let's, let's jump into the top five. Who wants to go first with the Outlaws? I'll take a run at it. All right, go for it. All right. So, World Outlaws this year. I do not think uh, Brad Sweet will repeat. Um, only just because I just I don't uh, really don't think there'll be a three peat with this competitive of a field. This isn't you know the Steve Kinzer day. So, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna go a little off the uh, beaten path, and I'm going to take I'm gonna run with David Gravel as the champion this year. Um, I see Logan Schuhart in second. Take Brad Sweet third. Uh, I think shots will come in fourth. And then fifth. That's a great question. I'm going to go with Sheldon Honshield. Solid choice. I, I'm agreeing with you there that there's not going to be a 3 P because this is a highly competitive field, as we mentioned plenty of times before. But uh, my champion is going to be Brad's favorite, Logan Schuhart. He's going to get it done this year. Uh, I know we, we touted that Shots is going to have a good year, but I, I still see him third in points because David Gravel is going to edge him out and be a runner-up. 
Then rounding out the top top five is going to be Sweet and Carson Macedo. Those are my guys. Interesting, interesting. Well, I'm going to go. I, I kind of mentioned this on our last show. Uh, I got Donnie Shots winning it. Um, I truly believe the TSR guys have got this this Ford figured out. Uh, he's been so stout this early season. Uh, he's blowing uh, one or two motors, and then he lost a race because of the MSD box uh, took a dump on him while leading with three, two or three laps to go. I think uh, he found his mojo again, and I think Donnie Schatz is going to take the the championship uh, back over like uh, the, like the olden days. He's got what has he got ten and ten this, so far. Uh, I think he's going to take it. Then I think Brad Sweets uh, he's not going to miss a, miss a beat. He's going to he's going to come up one spot shy of of the three feet, but I think Brad Sweets going to take second. Uh, Logan Schuchart, uh he's right there. They're still trying to figure out how to finish every race. And uh, in another interview, I think it was on Wing Nation, he said that uh, one of his biggest goals this year is to not have a DNF all year. And that's that's big, and that's very important if you're, if you're going to try to win a, a winter championship. So I got Shukart third. I got David Gravel fourth. Uh, he's going to give that big game two, number two car a ride this year. They've had great talent and great equipment. They just haven't been able to put it all together winning one, maybe two races a year, but uh, David Gravel is going to give that, uh, give that car a ride like, uh, like it's, it should. And then I got uh, Macedo, Carson Macedo getting fifth. Uh, I kind of did a coin toss between him and Sheldon for, for fifth, but uh, uh, Carson Macedo, I think is going to take up fifth. Definitely. Though. I think that's good, solid picks. It's going to be inter- interesting to see how it all plays out. I mean, we mentioned shots, Definitely not being done. So it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch him and see how he does, and see how these uh, young cats uh, can uh, run with the big dogs. I guess. Uh, Who do you guys got for a rookie of the year? Uh, Aaron Reitzel. It's gonna be hard to go against him. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. I got Aaron Reitzel. Um, they're all it's a solid, solid rookie of the year field for the Outlaws this year. But uh, with uh, Aaron's skills and with Aaron's talent and experience uh, I I just it's hard to bet against him for rookie of the year yeah I mean all all four of those guys are gonna, they're gonna win a race this year that's this guarantee that all all four rookies will win a race I think uh but right so James I think, McFadden I'm sorry go ahead I I think right gonna be the more consistent one out of them all he's mm-hmm. had he has he, he's had the laps he's had experience with the all-stars and he knows what it takes to win a championship and to win a rookie of the year you got to kind of treated as a championship a little bit and and you got to finish races well it might be a different story if james mcfadden would be here for the whole season but um there he revealed on twitter that uh, they're having a baby and he is not going to miss the birth of his baby once that's done then he's going to fly over here and run with the outlaws um but he is getting 75 show up points per race while he's not even in the country which i completely disagree with but that's a whole nother argument a whole nother debate but uh, so that's going to put him behind the eight ball right off the start. But that, that's why I'm picking Reitzel. I just think Reitzel is going to take care of business. Yeah, for sure. So uh, kind of moving on to the All-Stars, uh, it's kind of hard to pick these guys because we don't have a full roster with these guys yet. A lot of the All-Star races that, that have ran already, as we mentioned last week with Blake, they're not points races, so not all the guys were there. And they were kind of dominated by the Outlaw guys. So my my pick for champion is going to be Corey Lyson. I think he's gonna 
He's going to take the reins and uh, pull one off this this year with uh, Reitzel moving on the Outlaws. Uh, second place, also going to be your rookie of the year is Tyler Courtney. Uh, I I think he's going to have a solid year. Uh, so third, fourth, fifth, I'm taking Justin Peck, Brent Marks, and Ian Matson. I believe he's going to run the full schedule, so he's going to round out the top five for me. Go go through the, throw that again, please. Uh, I was uh, concentrating on something else. So you got uh, Eliason <laughs> and uh, Courtney. Eliason, Courtney, Peck, Marks, and Ian Matson. You want to give this one a run, Brad, or who may go? I'm I'm going to go with Brent Marks. I got Brent Marks leading, uh, winning it. Uh, the CJB cars are stout; they're solid. Uh, it seems they found their groove towards the end of last year. They had some really solid finishes. They've been together for a, a couple years. Uh, Marks uh, doesn't have a lot of touring experience, even though he was with the 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 all was he with the Outlaws last year or the All Stars, and then he dropped off towards uh, about the middle of the season. I think he ran most, mostly at home with PA. He he has ran the Outlaw schedules like two yeah. years ago, three years ago. So That's he, true, he's, yeah. been, he's been on the road mm-hmm. with the Outlaws. Yeah. So he's got a lot of road experience. So I I think Marks is going to take it. I think Corey Eliasson's going to uh, get second. Um, they seem to struggle. They have a few DNFs. And again, going back to what I said about the Outlaws, you you got to eliminate the DNFs. And uh, they have some DNFs uh, and some bad races where they finish. 18th or 20th and they got to eliminate those but uh solid program there and a solid driver um i've got courtney tyler courtney finishing third i'm just going with inexperience and different tracks and so forth is going to put him in third but you're i think he's going to make a lot of noise on the all-star tour this year and when he's not with the all-stars he's going to make some noise with the outlaws when he's when he's racing with them so that uh was a nos turbo number seven car you got to keep an eye out for that car I got Ian Madsen fourth and uh, Hunter Schoenberg uh, finishing fifth. All right. Yeah. Let's see here. I, you know, I like uh, Brett Marks as a champ too. Um, I think just like you said, uh, he's got some touring experience with the outlaws. He's obviously shown he can run with anybody anywhere. And I think the all-star circuit will suit him very well. Um, I like Courtney in second. I, I think, you know, we were, I was always kind of wondering how long it's going to take for him to get his feet kind of under that wing car. As we saw him, you know, early this season, I, I think he's going to do just fine uh, out the gate, especially by the time he hits April. And um, I'm going to go with Corey Lyson for third. Um, I got Ian Madsen uh, fourth, and Justin Peck in fifth. Definitely, uh, I think I think that's also going to be a fun battle to watch because Reitzel's dominated that series the past couple of years. So with him moving on the Outlaws, it's uh, I think it's anybody's game right now. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, you know, as we were talking with Blake, it, it's a it's a wide open field, so I think you're gonna you, you could probably pick the winner out of a hat every night. So moving on to the wingless cars, some of the most badass race cars out there. Let's let's do the sprint cars because Brad has a list with that. So, uh, Brad, let, yeah. let's go. Let's go with your champ. Who's going to win it this year? Well, if you if you listen to all the hype and if you uh, um, see what's kind of happened down in Florida. Um, you got to believe that Kevin Thomas Jr. is going to take the championship this year. Uh, uh, he had a little chip on his shoulder after the end of last year. He uh, went back to the drawing board, and it sounds like they completely redone their whole program. They sifted through everything, and if something wasn't working, they just they just bought something new and changed it. Uh, and he got a win last week in Florida. I'm going with uh, Kevin Thomas Jr. in the Dr. Pepper car. Um, got Justin Grant finishing second. Uh, I like uh, Brady Bacon. I just like the guy. He's a, his work ethic. He just continues and continues to, to run up front and win races. So I got him at third. 
Tanner Thorson fourth, and then Chris Windham fifth. Yeah, I agree with you with KTJ there a little bit. He's definitely going to have a, a solid year. Last year, he, he was not good. I mean, he'll, he'll admit it that he wasn't good last year. But Justin Grant's going to take the championship this year. He's got that uh, that uh, NOS Energy Drink card dialed in. He, he also won a race down there in Florida this week. So I got Grant, KTJ, uh, Brady Bacon, of course. You know, like you said, his work that work ethic is undeniable. He's one of the hardest working guys out there. Uh, so fourth and fifth, I got CJ Leary just edging out Chris Wyndham. Yeah, you know, it's a tough pick, and um, yeah, you know, I'm listening to you, and then I'm sitting there like, well, yeah, maybe you know that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, I'm gonna go. Uh, you know, I'm gonna go. Kind of guy had some hot races at the end. I'm gonna go with Brady Bacon as the champ. I'm gonna kind of take that work ethic and. And now we've got a full year under our belt, you know, likely a full year of race. I'm going to go with Brady Bacon. Uh, I like um, Justin Grant for second, uh, KTJ for third. I'll take Wyndham for fourth and Thorson in fifth. So, uh, Brad, you, you sure you don't want to jump in on the midget, midget side of things? Because uh, I, I think Jason and I both agree these are the most badass race cards out there right right now. They're They're fun to watch. The highlights that you can catch on Flow Racing are are amazing, uh, and we actually get to see the midgets here in the Cornhusker State, so that's going to be fun. So uh, I want to jump off and say with the midgets, Buddy Kofoid, he he's he's the champ, hands down. That kid is top notch, uh, a talent right there. Uh, I got Wyndham Grant, Stevie, and Thorson with the midgets. I think um, I'm just going to go kind of off, you know, again off the beaten path here, just. You know, take a flyer. I'm, you know, I think Tanner Thorson's finding something. He was talking about, you know, finding kind of new team, some new, um, you know, just some things that they're doing with the car. They're going to be different and look great at the Chili Bowl. I know that's an, a one off, it's its own animal, but obviously Tanner Thorson proved that he could run anywhere, you know, anytime on the tour. So I'm going to go Tanner Thorson as the champion. Uh, Buddy Kofoid in second. I think that one is going to come down to like a final night type of thing. I'll take Chris Windham in third. Uh, Justin Grant. Let's see, Justin, I don't know if he's going to run full-time with the midgets. Uh, let me put Logan CV in there. And then in, see if that was four, fifth, I'm going to go with Cannon McIntosh with the family team. Yes, yeah, I'd definitely be a good good pick there. I forgot, I I just forgot think about him. It sounds like he's, you know, it seems to be kind of getting back to a better fit for him. And I know it's it's hard to pick against the Keith Coons car, but I just think that um, I think he, I don't know, maybe just more of an investment in it, something like that. So I I, I like Cannon McIntosh in fifth. Is uh, Kofoid going to run the full uh, tour this year? I believe they just announced that he's going to be he's got a late model uh, pavement ride now. Too. Yeah, I, I believe he's going to run the full tour. Yeah, I saw that he announced with all, along with Kaylee Bryson that they, they are going to take make their uh, their pavement stock car debut. So it's not going to be long before Kofoid's out of the sport running running up there down south in NASCAR land. Well, I'll take uh, Kofoid for the win then if he's going to be on the in a KKM car. You, you can't uh, can't beat that. So I'm not going to pick a top five because I honestly don't study the midgets as much as I pay attention to the sprint cars, even though everything you said earlier, Brandon is spot on. They're super exciting. They're, it's a great, great show to watch when you're on flow racing and so forth. But uh, I just don't know enough about all the different drivers to, to pick a top five. 
Yeah, so uh, like I said, this is going to be fun to watch and see if we actually know anything about racing or we're just talking out of our asses here. And I think we'll all, th- all three agree that for the most part, we talk out, out of, talk out of our asses here. A little from column A, a little from column B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a crapshoot from here anyway with only a couple races into the season. Yeah, definitely. So with that being said, we're going to come back. After a short break, we're going to talk with our guest of the night, Justin Zotch from Dirt Empire Magazine. Everybody hold tight. Yeah, you damn right I got what happened out there. I'm fine. I just had to deal with my asshole uh, teammates, Steve Kent. Uh, Nobody wasn't happy with me for crowding them, but shit, I want to win. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Pisser. Piece of shit. All that stupid-ass flagman. They got a dumb-ass flagman that can't see. Well, joining us on the phone right now is the editor from Dirt Empire Magazine. And a lot of you guys might not have heard of Dirt Empire Magazine, but Justin Zach is going to tell you all about it right here. Justin, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing great, man. I'm, I'm staying warm. We're up to double digits in Minnesota. It's awesome. <laughs> all right, up to double digits in Minnesota or negative double digits? Because we're, we're negative here. I know, no, we're on we're on the back end of this thing, so we're up to like nine nine ten degrees. So oh. no, man, you guys are all getting to experience what what we get to experience every February. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know how you deal with it because this minus twenty four degrees is is brutal. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it's funny. I always laugh about quarantine. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I do that every February. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, definitely. But no, it's it's been it's been good. You, you kind of expect it up here, but I, I feel bad for the people who aren't aren't prepared like we are we got all the all the stuff you need but yeah man if it hits but you're not prepared it's nothing worse yeah for sure i i bet you're in shorts right now you know in the heat wave of the uh the, of the north of minneapolis yeah yeah so no we're, we're getting there but no it's been it's been good but uh yeah like i said it's just, it's hard to watch people who don't don't have don't have the stuff that we have you know so yeah as, we, as we've all experienced at the chili bowl if you don't have the right snow equipment it doesn't it doesn't work Right now, I'm having a good time watching Tim Alwyn and Serena, Serena down there in Dallas, where it's <laughs> minus two and they're freaking out. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's not so. Um, yeah, we we mentioned it earlier, but Dirt Empire magazine is something new that just came out. I believe you just released your first uh, edition of it. What two weeks ago? Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, it came out about two weeks ago. Um, we've been working on it here now since uh, about December, about mid December. We made the decision to. Uh, to go ahead and uh, was it wasn't I that made the decision. I should uh, be clear. Um, a good friend of mine, Adam Cornell, we worked together at uh, Dirt Monthly Magazine. Um, he decided that he was going to become a magazine publisher in 2021. Not not a decision that a lot of people have made in the last couple of years. Obviously, with uh, the way that uh, publishing and print has gone, but um, he he kind of looked at it as a unique opportunity, and um, he brought me in to uh, essentially do what I've been doing. Um, since I got out of college in May of 2001, and that's editing an auto racing magazine. So um, he and I, we sat down and he kind of put all the pen, pen to paper and said, you know, I can, I can, you know, publish and I can produce and I can market and I can run business, but I need somebody to, uh, to edit and to get the content for me. And, uh, and uh, he invited me in and uh, it's been, uh, it's been great fun to try to kind of start from scratch and do something, um, you know, the same, but, but try to make it different in its own way. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of starting from scratch, I mean, you mentioned that, you know, you've been doing this for, for since you got out of college, did you start out flat out magazine? Was that from scratch there um, too, yeah, or I, is that something that was already a no. magazine before and just a kind of a rebrand type deal? Yeah, no, that was, um, they actually started that, I believe in 99, uh, Kevin Eckert, um, 
one of my favorite writers and uh, favorite people when I get a chance to see him, which is not near as often as it used to be. Um, he actually started that with uh, Dean Nardi back in, like I said, 99. And then um, um, he left in 2001, and then I came in and um, well, worked at Flat Out um, through different ownership and whatnot, but worked at Flat Out from 2001 through, um, well, really, till last December. We In 2018, we transitioned. We had three magazines, Dirt Monthly Magazine, or I'm sorry, Dirt Late Model Magazine, uh, Dirt Modified Magazine, and Flat Out Magazine. We had three magazines, and um, we consolidated them all into Dirt Monthly in uh, the fall of 2018. And then... Um, and then this past year, uh, Dirt Monthly just, it just kind of, it just had run its course essentially. And, uh, and Adam and I weren't quite ready to give up on, on, you know, doing what we love to do. And, and, uh, like I said, he just decided, uh, it's funny. I always, I always tell people that he wanted to try something new and become a magazine publisher. And I just wanted to do the same thing I've always done, <laughs> which is be a <laughs> magazine editor. I don't really, I don't really have any other life skills. So I kind of, I'm kind of stuck in this role. So I'm glad that, uh, Somebody else, you know, took the chance to uh, start a new magazine and uh, and to uh, invest in it and uh, to work hard to build it from the ground up. Yeah, I like the fact that someone took those reins and, and started something new because you mentioned Dirt Monthly, and, and as the kids kind of say, it, they kind of ghosted everybody and just went away all of a sudden. And I, I look forward to our, our emails every month, you know, kind of what the stuff you're looking for. And they just kind of kind of went away. I was like, did I kind of get fired and not know about it? But... <laughs> It was refreshing to know that you had something on the on the uh, burners cooking that we yeah. just didn't know about. Yeah, well, I had I had similar conversations myself. <laughs> you know, um, no, it was it was too bad because it was a great it was a great company to work for, and um, they treated me great. Like I said, any company you work for for twenty years, you, your hard feelings can only last for about two weeks at the most, and they didn't last that long for me. Um, just you know, it just it just it came to an end, and uh, that was unfortunate. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, just, it was a real struggle for us the last year and a half. Our, our director, Travis Cushion, who knew so much about modified racing and stock car racing and, and magazines and late model. I mean, just knew, just knew the whole business, knew everybody in it. Um, he passed away in the summer of 2019 and I, we just never really fully recovered as a company from that. We kept publishing, but just it was with his loss was, we could never quite get over that hump. And, um, but you know, fortunately Adam being the ad sales guy, um, my, my new boss, Adam Cornell, he was the ad sales and he knew that there was companies out there that, you know, they didn't like necessarily a digital only magazine. They wanted print. They like to see their, they like to see it on their desk and they like to know that people are reading in the shop and it's permanent, you know, and, and so, so that's kind of what we're trying to offer here is kind of the best of, of both worlds, the print edition, as well as a, uh, you know, complimentary online edition, um, that you can just go and read. But, um, if, you know, a lot of people still, still collect those magazines and like to see it come in the mailbox. And we're going to have that option too. Is that how you kind of see, you know, going forward and you talk about, you know, with uh, dirt month, um, dirt monthly that running its course, what kind of separates what you're doing now from that? And how, and like you said, how do you, um, you know, are there strategies that you have to do differently now to kind of adopt that, that sort of that hybrid digital print model that you're going for? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what Adam, you know, he's, he, he, he's a lot more of the, uh, the brain behind this operation than I am. But, um, I mean, just, you know, just talking with him about like the, uh, you know, utilizing, you know, things, you know, like the social media and I mean, just even things that haven't really been done in a lot of racing magazines with these, with these QR codes and just, you know, linking to, to other stuff with your phone, you know, instead of, you know, we plan to, you know, if you read about a race, here's a link, you can watch the race while you're reading the magazine or, you know, 
a tech tip will be you can just go click on it and here's the guy doing exactly what you're reading about in this magazine and just trying to link stuff together and um at the same time just a little bit different format with the with the style of writing um a lot more i mean adam and i talked and we both get a lot of magazines and i always told him i said i read the first 20 pages i flip through the middle and see if there's a story i'm really interested in and then i flip to the last 20 pages for all the little kind of quick hit content and stuff that that's just interesting and small tidbits and, you know, the photography and stuff. So that's, I mean, you can, we have our free digital um, preview up online and I encourage people to go to dirt or dirt empire magazine and uh, check that out and uh, just kind of see what I'm talking about. Just kind of trying to, you know, you're not going to reinvent a racing magazine because it's kind of all you sort of limited by your content, but we're really trying to make it so that if someone's flipping through and maybe, you know, isn't a late model fan, there's still stuff, there's still content. There's, you know, the beauty of the racing, and there's, you know, maybe you'll just something will catch your eye on that page. You'll say, oh, I'll read this question. This sounds interesting, you know. So that's what we're really trying to do is try to make it eye-catching enough so that even if you're not interested in the subject, you'll still check it out and uh, and at least give it a look. Yeah, I'm a little different when I when I get a magazine in the mail. The first thing I go to is I scroll through all the photos, see if anything is mine. <laughs> then then I go back and read about the guys that I know about. Then, then I kind of go and do the educational part of, you know, learning about so-and-so or some race series or whatever. So I'm a little yeah. selfish when well, I first you know, get a magazine in. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's what I think we all do that. Anybody who's in publishing, what, what did I get in this one? You know? So, but I mean, it's I just kind of going back to, too, I mean, just trying to make things, you know, interesting for, you know, for the whole, for the whole audience. And I mean, it's with flat out, I always assumed that was a sprint car midget, you know, super mod publication only. I always assumed a really high level of knowledge from the audience. Um, just cause I knew that I knew our core audience. You didn't need to tell them who, you know, the big three were, you know, or yeah, I mean, they just, everybody kind of came in with a, a deep knowledge base of that particular, you know, niche of the sport where with this one, I feel like you kind of consciously have to not, not dumb it down, but make it a little more, you know, this guy's important because, you know, so that's kind of been a bit of a challenge to try to make it so that somebody who's hardcore into midget racing doesn't feel they're being talked down to, but somebody who is maybe experiencing midget racing for the first time also isn't completely turned off by, you know, a high level content. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of something we're playing with. And uh, that, that was the challenge with Dirt Monthly too, is how do you, and I'm not sure we ever quite accomplished that with Dirt Monthly. How do you make people who aren't interested in this aspect of the sport still be, you know, interested in it. So that's really what we're, what we're really trying to do with this one here. That's the, that's kind of the, one of the big goals. So I'm assuming that with, with dirt empire, with the keyword there being empire, we're going to cover everything dirt racing from midget sprints, you know, what our audience all likes late models, modifies. Yeah. I'm sure you can even have your uh, dirt flat carts in there. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's that, that's kind of the idea is to cover to cover everything, you know. I mean, obviously you you got to cover the big series and the big the big names, um, but yeah, to just cover the sport just in as as you know in entertaining a way as possible. I mean, we're trying to put in some new you know fun features, you know, stuff that they used to have in old racing magazines like comics and stuff. Uh, Adam's really into that kind of stuff, and you know, some just some some different kind of you know doing like shop tours from some of the big race teams. If you know, we can get a couple photographers into some of these big shops and see their trophy rooms and whatnot. I mean, just just any kind of quick hitting, you know, just fun stuff about the sport that revolves around the sport. Um, is kind of what we're looking for. Um, so like I said, we have the, 
the preview edition is up and it's going to evolve over the course of the next, you know, five, six, seven, eight issues over this first year. Um, it's going to, you know, we're going to, listen to our readership and uh, particularly our contributors, so, you know, people like you, Brandon, I mean, you guys have already, I've already hit you up for feedback about 12 times on what you think of things. So, um, you know, I just kind of, we're going to, we're going to grow and, and learn and, and listen to what people like and what they don't like and, and follow that lead. Yeah. I, with that preview issue, I really like the cute, like you mentioned, the QR codes where you can, you can see the video of the highlights of the races or, you know, whatever, whatever the subject the, the writer was talking about, and obviously, I like the photos because, well, that's what I do. So I like I, yeah, I like no, that part. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of been a challenge for me because um, I was so fortunate um, when Dirt Monthly went out, and we kind of realized we were actually going to do this Dirt Empire thing. That um, I wanted to keep all my all my friends and all the people I've I've worked with over the years. So um, it, it's it's been kind of fun to try to find new ways to do you know new things with the same old people. Um, so that's that's been kind of fun to say what you know. We've done it this way, and I still there's still certain things that you'll recognize from other magazines that I've worked at, like um, not to suck up because I'm talking to a photographer, but like the salute to the shooter, the photographer things. We call that photographer focus now, and I think that's just the coolest the coolest part of any magazine because it's a guy or a gal digging into their collection and saying, "Here's my favorite stuff," and this is you know a it's awesome photography, and b it's meaningful to them, and you know c it's generally something you know pretty pretty historic or interesting so i mean that, that's the kind of stuff that i told adam i was like we got to find a way to rebrand some of this stuff and bring it along because i don't want to i don't want to just not do it because we did it in other magazines so that's kind of been one of the things that we've worked on is trying to figure out a way to bring along some of our favorite sections from our other projects and bring them into this project and make them feel kind of still new and interesting well, you mentioned awesome well, photography, so I'm out with that. So well, I was going to say, you <laughs> yeah, must have a great photo editor. That, it, it, when, you're, when you're making Brandon's pictures look good, then that means your photo editor is getting underpaid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's it's been great, and I mean, we've I mean, of all the people I've contacted that I've reached out to, I kind of went back through my through my emails over the last you know from the, however long I've had this computer and basically try to email everybody that had, you know, contributed in some way or another. And, you know, I've been just really, uh, really uh, heartened to that. I mean, a lot of people are still willing to help out. And I think once racing season gets going, we're really going to have a, I'm going to have a lot of work to, to sort through and find the best stuff. That's for sure. Yeah. One thing I always wanted to try was the writing aspect of it. Uh, but then I found out I'm not a writer, but Jason over there is actually a really damn good writer, so I'm trying to get him on board. I, I kind of sent him when he when he announced everything to our, our our newsletter email group or whatever. I forward him that information out there, so hopefully we can get Jason on board and get his uh, yeah, his writing would, writing on. Absolutely, man. I, I, I and, and for and for people listening, I mean, and to you, Jason, particularly, like please contact me. <laughs> and, um, and, and the people out there listening, if you, if you ever have, I mean, if you have an interest in writing or photography, um, there's still avenues to do that. Um, especially writing is, um, is very hard to come by. So if you're interested, go to dirtempiremagazine.com and, uh, contact me. And, uh, I'm, I'm more than willing to, to help and to listen and to uh, definitely hear pitches. So, so by all means, you know, well, I think one of the things that really separate and I, you know, I'd gone through, um, the online uh, version. And I think one of the things that's really, you know, you ask where does a, a print or where does this kind of content ha- happen anymore? And the thing I, I'm seeing more, you know, you see with some of these short videos about people is 
there's a, you know, what the tweets and the Facebook posts and the press releases don't always get across is the people. And um, I, that's what I'm really starting to like. And I think that's where, you know, people need to look at the content, you know, not, not just, you know, uh, whether it be a photo of, of people working or what people look like. I mean, we can only take so many pictures of cars going left and, um, but, you know, in the writing and that, and I, I'm really looking forward to, you know, just learning about the people in the sport. Cause this, I think sometimes that gets overlooked, you know, in, in the yeah. tweets and small posts and things like that. The first paragraph that shows up and that's it. They keep scrolling. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, one of the, one of the things that I'm most proud of for this first vigil issue is, uh, Ashley Zimmerman, who's been a tremendous help to me. Um, she, uh, she interviewed, uh, Sheldon Honshield's wife, Dan Honshield. And it's great. She's talking about planning their wedding during the COVID year of, you know, world outlaws and how they, how they really wanted to get married at Lake Tahoe. And they had like a, a tote uh, all along, you know, the whole season, like this tote of wedding supplies that they were going to, if they ever got to cross the border into California, they were going to hurry up and get married. I mean, it's just, that's the kind of stuff that I think is, is fascinating. And, and that's the stuff that I think is interesting to anybody, whether you like sprint car racing or drive a street stock. I mean, that, that's the kind of stuff that that's interesting. Just, just the stories of the people behind the, behind the scenes and what, what everyone's life is like. I mean, this is a crazy industry. It's sprint car race. I mean, open wheel racing and I mean, just auto racing in general, anybody who travels and like we, you know, we all have, we've all <laughs> slept in odd places over the years and, I mean, it's just kind of, it brings it, I like, that's what's always attracted me to this sport is this the, uh, generally the adventurous nature of the people who are, who are drawn to it. And that's, that's what it does it for me is the people that are involved in it more so than, you know, I drive a minivan and don't change my own oil. So that I, I rely on other people for that aspect. <laughs> hey, I drive a minivan too. So, uh, uh, I asked my wife if I could get a wrap to make it look like an SUV, but she was against that. Uh, you gotta wear that. That's a badge of honor, man. You gotta you gotta wear that thing with pride. Um, <laughs> he wrecked that thing with pride like two days after he got it. <laughs> within, within two thousand miles, I put a racing stripe on the right front fender. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, yeah no, that's yeah. I, I'm just glad I finally had kids so that I didn't look quite as weird driving around in my minivan. But you know, uh, they'll be out of the house, and then I'll be back to it. It's a great vehicle, plenty of room and all that stuff. Uh, kind of going back to a comment that you made earlier um, about a digital copy and a paper copy. I, I love paper copies. I like to have something in my hand. I like to sift through the pages. I like to um, go back through it a, a time or two. Uh, I, have a, a, I have a homebrew magazine that I, I, I read, and I love that part. I got a buddy that's exact opposite. He doesn't even get the paper copy. He does the online version. So... Uh, for you guys to offer both, uh, I think that's 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 a great opportunity for somebody to get uh, into this magazine and uh, really enjoy it, whichever way they like to enjoy it. Yeah, you know, and, and the advertisers they they don't really like it one way. I mean, they I mean, a lot of them are are surprisingly they say you know print for sure, and you know the digital is almost a bonus to them. But um, now the way you can you know link you know if you just hover over the ads, you can link right to their right to their content, you know, right, goes right to, you click on the summit racing ad, boom, right to summit racing. If you want to buy the product. Um, so, I mean, I think as, especially as we get further into this, you know, we're only really about a month and a half into this from, you know, saying, are we going to do this to, to launching this first issue? So um, I think there's going to be a lot of room for growth in this, this company. Um, it's going to be kind of a small build because it's just, it's just two of us. So we always kind of joke that <laughs> when somebody says, well, who do I talk to about this? They're like, well, you either talk to Adam or you talk to me because that's the whole company. So there's not, there's not a big, you know, 
So you can talk to either of us, and I'll probably say you should talk to Adam. So, um, <laughs> but you know, I, I, I really think it's going to be a good partnership because he he's he's an excellent business mind, and um, he gives me the uh, the freedom to just go and and find you know find the stories and, and build the magazine. And um, back to your comment about the digital thing, I think that's going to be a really useful tool too for people who don't. You know, they say, "Oh my, you know my my granddaughter is featured in this issue." But, you know, maybe they're not going to want to spend $36, you know, just to see the picture, you know, for a magazine subscription or track down a magazine. You know, they can go to the online content, read it, and maybe they'll say, hey, this is worth taking a look at, you know. So that's that's going to be a really useful tool to have something to, to show people that this is what this is and uh, come check it out. And then I think I think once they see it, they'll they'll want to own it in print, too. So we, we mentioned earlier that the uh, the first digital uh edition uh is is out on dirtempiremagazine.com right now when are when's the first actual print uh magazine going to be expected um it will be out on april 1st um i know adam put a funny little joke in there like no fooling it'll be out by april 1st so um as of right now the uh the first the first uh we're building it now um adam's probably working on it right now actually and um it's going to be hopefully to the printer the first week or so of March, and then um, should be out to subscribers. We really want to have it out by before April first, late March. Um, that's the plan. So, and then um, we'll we'll go from there. So, but um, like I said, we've had a we've had a tremendous response, and um, just couldn't be more pleased with how the launch has gone. Um, we weren't quite sure what to expect, but um, it's been uh, it's been it's been great so far, and um, we're just kind of hoping to build a little momentum here and. You know, it's tough to sell a magazine when all you have, you know, it's basically a promise at this point, you know. So getting that first first magazine printed and uh, out into the public is going to be a big, a big step for us. That we're really, I can't wait. So the uh, the first uh, digital edition is free to, for everybody to to, uh, to take a look at. Is that going to be continue to be free and you pay for the print or is it going to be a paid subscription for everything? Um, no, it'll be, uh, I believe it'll be free up online. For, uh, for everybody going forward. So um, at least for the foreseeable future. Um, and I think that's the plan all along. So just kind of uh, to have that always available, but, to, you know, really, you know, push the print edition and, uh, you know, try to get out there. And, and for the people who, you know, there's a lot of people who that's the only way that I'm, I'm guilty as charged. Um, I still have, you know, eight to, you know, 12 magazines coming to my house. And I, I love getting a print magazine and I know I'm getting older, but I also know I'm not the only one out there. So um, I, there was, we, we kind of saw that, the, you know, we, we had a unique opportunity at, at Dirt Monthly when Adam and I both worked there to see, see the response to the print magazine and also the response to the, when we went online only at the beginning of COVID when we had some mailing issues. And um, the online only was really strong initially um, and people loved it. And we're, I think, you got to remember last, last March, people were glad to have anything new in their lives. You know, we we're all stuck at home. Um, so the, it was the first couple of issues were super successful, but then there was a real clamor to get back to print from advertisers and subscribers. And so I think Adam kind of saw that and, uh, saw the possibilities to, uh, to do something like this. And, uh, and here we are. <laughs> What's been the biggest challenge yeah, no, so far getting this going? Um, um, I mean, for me, I mean, on my end, just being, I mean, I'm pretty much, solely in charge of editorial content. Um, I mean, Adam contributes lots of ideas and, you know, and tips and, and, uh, so forth. But, uh, he's really, he's really busy. He does all the layout too. So he, he does all the graphics work. 
um, runs the business. Um, he's got some, uh, some teenage kids that he's getting involved with that too, as kind of from some real world business experience that, um, they're looking forward to. And, um, the biggest challenge probably on my end was just, um, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't feel good about the way the last year went at your monthly. Just, I kind of, you know, I, I, it was just kind of, it was the way it went was, okay, we're going to publish. And so then I would, I would send out a bunch of emails to all our writers and photographers, you know, and say, Hey, I need stuff. We're going in July. And then nothing would happen. And I'd be sitting here with a inbox full of awesome content that was becoming increasingly less usable every day that we didn't publish. So, um, I, for me, it was really just kind of, uh, the toughest part was, you know, a starting something new and also just really making sure that I, I mended those fences that, um, I didn't want to lose relationships over any of that. Cause you know, I don't like, it's hard work. Um, you know, even, you know, I mean, I think a lot of people, Brandon could attest to this. Um, it's a lot of work to submit your photos to somebody and then they never get used. You gotta, you know, you gotta go first. You gotta go shoot them at the racetrack. You gotta, you gotta sort out the good ones which I'm sure they're all good on your camera, Brandon, but um, nope, I mean, you got to sort out the good ones and <laughs> you got to sort out, yeah, you got to do the sorting and the emailing and the Dropbox. I mean, it, it's, it's a lot of work. And then to not see any reward for that can be really frustrating. And I, and I get that because the first story I ever wrote for flat out magazine before I worked there, uh, they didn't put my name on the story. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, you know, I, I, I read the story. I read the, read the thing open. I'm publishing a national magazine and it's like, well, yeah, there's Dennis Moore Jr.'s face, but where's my byline, you know? And <laughs> so, um, but you know, that's just, you know, so that's what I was really concerned about that there was going to be, um, some ill will about, you know, promises that, that I kind of laid myself out there for and was out of, you know, extenuating circumstances out of my hand. But, um, the reception I've had has been great and people are completely on board for the most part and are excited about it. And, um, so yeah, no, that, that's probably the toughest part, just getting, getting reset from kind of a, a sour experience to, um, you know, I was, I don't say sour experience, but just kind of from a disappointing stops and starts, we're going, we're not going. And then finally just saying we're, we're done. Um, let's, let's move on. And, and we have, and it's, it's been great. So the big question is for, for my part is when I don't get the cover next month, who do I complain to? <laughs> well, that'd be me or, or, or Adam. <laughs> There's only two of us. So. I'll reach out. I'll reach out to both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe will have, maybe that's when his daughter will officially be hired on as the receptionist. There's a angry photographer from Nebraska. So, but no, my name is Brad Brown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Should I'd call saying, hey, I'm surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, I don't have. We're not that far yet, so you're still in the running. So, <laughs> hey, I, I think I sent you some good stuff. So, uh, I'll, I'll at least I hope I get at least something published. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so no, and I mean, it, you know, I mean, I know you guys are, you know, talk a lot about Nebraska race. I mean, on your national show, but um, um, we do have some people from down in that area that I mean, like Lee Ackerman, and I mean Bob Mays. He's, you know, I kind of told him, man, I don't if you don't want to do this. I'm not sure I want to do this. I mean, Bob and I have been friends for, you know, almost two and a half decades now, probably. So, I mean, it's, it's been fun to, he's one of those guys that has been such a big part of the stuff that I've been able to do over the years and, uh, to have him come on board and say, yep, I'm, you know, whatever, whatever we want to do, I'm, I, I want to be part of it. And, you know, that meant a lot to me too, that guys like him are willing to, to follow me along and, and see what we can make together. Yes, you know, you mentioned Bob Mays there and guys like Lee Ackerman and seeing that those guys are actually a part of this is it's um what's the word I'm looking for? 
it's it's exciting because it's it's a legit thing. So I mean, those guys wouldn't put their name on anything that they didn't they didn't see had promise to begin with. So guys like that coming on board is is, is really cool to see. So yeah, you know, we had a, a Greg Sukup had a, um, a a piece with Mark Burks that was scheduled for uh, last summer, and uh, I'm I'm hoping to get that in here one of these days. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure I have enough pages in this magazine to do a full story on Mark Birch, but um, we'll have to find some way to, we might have to do a little editing on that one, the way he gets going sometimes. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I thought he was on, I thought, I thought you had him on. It was the longest podcast you've ever had, or at least one of the longest. <laughs> yeah. That's that's right. like Mark, Mark is a great storyteller. So, I mean, you're definitely not, not yeah. going to be short of content when it comes to him. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember back, I was stayed at his house once 20 years ago, and I, I think he thought I knew a little bit more about cars than I do, and he was like, just hand me a wrench, and he's like, go take this off the, uh, take the, I don't know what it even was, Jacob's Ladder or something off the left rear, and I was like, no can do, man, I know you bought me breakfast, but I cannot do that for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a special way about him. There was one day I, um, I rode in the semi with him to Valley Speedway. And uh, it all went well. We went there. Uh, they ended up winning the race with uh, Daniel Sosky in it. On the way back, we stop at a truck stop to get fuel. And I just go into the, go into the truck stop and get, get uh, something to eat and drink, go to the bathroom, come back out. And there's still bugs all over the windshield. And he goes, you know, the co-pilot always cleans the windows first. And I'm like, no, I did not know that. This is the first time I've ever been a co-pilot. So I did not know that. We made our home anyway. But that was a great, great experience to go down there with Mark. I learned that lesson riding down there, riding down to Sedalia with him and, and, uh, and, uh, and Chad Humpston. And thankfully Chad had my back and, and covered my, my share of the, uh, the cleaning duties. Yeah. Yeah. See, if he asked me to clean the window, I know how to do that. <laughs> Uh, I just didn't know I was supposed to. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, I definitely think this is going to be something exciting to have everybody's eyes on, and I can't wait to get that first print edition in my hands. And, Justin, I want to thank you for jumping on with us. Thanks for giving little guys like me and Brad a, a shot to uh, share our passion of the sport with everybody. And we, we, look for, we look forward to big things coming from Dirt Empire Magazine. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. And like I said, just, you know, encourage everybody to go over it. You know, it's free to take a look at it and uh, just, you know, add it to your add it to your bookmarks and check back. And, uh, and uh, yeah, give it a look. It's, uh, it's been a lot of work, but uh, I'm pretty proud of the work that we've, that we've done on it. And I uh, just want to have people take a look at it. Yeah, definitely. So DirtEmpireMagazine.com is where you can check out the latest edition of it. And, uh, Justin, thanks for jumping on. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Stay warm, guys. It'll be 20 luck, again Justin. before you know it. Yeah, hopefully. Good luck. Hopefully we'll be racing. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Cheers, guys. Yeah, thanks a lot, Justin. We'll talk to you later. All right, that was Justin Zoch with Dirt Empire Magazine. Like I said just a minute ago, Dirt Empire Magazine is where you can DirtEmpireMagazine.com is where you can check out the latest uh, issue of the magazine. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the print edition because that's definitely how you're going to keep this magazine going. And uh, I think it's going to be good stuff coming out of those guys. Yeah, I think anything, you know, they've all, obviously they've got just a tremendous amount of experience, you know, decades of experience in this. They produce great content. I think they've uh, they know what they want and they've got a mission. And so I think it's going to be you know just some really premium content. Like I said, just stuff that you just don't get through tweets and promo videos and things like that. That it's going to be a lot of fun for everybody. It's it's something we definitely need. Yeah, looking through the online version, uh, I, I'm pretty impressed with it. Uh, the layout, uh, the, uh, the graphics, the pictures. I'm I'm pretty impressed with it and. 
I think I still have the first, I think, three versions of Open Wheel Magazine stashed away in my little cubby hole. So uh, I love magazines. I love sprint car magazines. And so this one I'm looking forward to uh, to giving it a try. Yeah, I got I got totes full uh, totes full of uh, old flat out magazines and some sprint car midget magazines. So I mean, the racing magazines they're 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 few and far in between. I mean, you got for the main ones here in the states, you got uh you got, you got Dirt Empire magazine now, and you got Sprint Car Midget. Uh, speaking of magazines, I just saw that Oval Express down there in Australia is actually they're mm-hmm. they're uh, they're kind of folding right now. So yeah, and so like Justin kind of alluded to, it's uh um. Uh, pretty when his uh um, co-partner what was his name i'm sorry adam cornell adam cornell. when adam said he wanted to start a magazine uh, that's a huge undertaking in this time right now where print print is really uh, a hard sell everything's digital and newspapers are falling left and right magazines uh so good luck to justin and that and uh, uh get hopefully this thing uh survives and and, and really does well for him yeah, definitely. So with that being said, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and debate the topic of the week, the uh, the Invitational-only race at Bristol Motor Speedway, and we're going to run down a few results from this past week, too. So everybody, hold tight, and we'll be back. A full moon shining bright Edge of the water, we were feeling all right. Back down a country road, the girls are always hot and the beer is ice cold. Cadillac, horns on the hood. My buddy Frankie had his dad hook him up good. Girls smile when we roll by, they hop in the back and we cruise to the riverside. Never gonna grow up. Never gonna slow down We were shining like lighters in the dark In the middle of a rock show We were doing it right We were coming alive Yeah, caught up in a southern summer Barefoot blue jean night Blue eyes and auburn hair Sitting looking pretty by the fire in a lawn chair New to town and new to me Her ruby red lips was sipping on sweet tea Shot me a look like a shooting star So I grabbed a beer and my old guitar Then we sat around till the break of dawn Howling and singing our favorite song Never gonna grow up Never gonna slow down We were shining like lighters in the dark In the middle of a rock show we were doing it right We were coming alive Yeah, caught up in a southern summer Barefoot blue jean night Whoa, never gonna grow up ha, Never gonna slow down We were shining like lighters in the dark In the middle of a rock show We were doing it right We were coming alive been a southern summer barefoot blue jean night a barefoot blue jean night a barefoot blue jean night a barefoot blue jean night
All right, guys. Welcome back to the show. As I wait on my co-hosts to get back from filling their beers, Brad Brown, we're waiting on you, buddy. Here he comes, walking in right now with a tall glass of his homemade brews, man. I cannot wait till we get back in the studio, get to hang out in Brad's garage a little bit and drink some of these beers. So uh, I can't wait, man. Hopefully, hopefully these days are coming soon. I mean, I don't want to do it now because it's fucking cold outside. <laughs> I just went down to the beer fridge and every one of my five taps are frozen. So there's no beer coming out of the lines. I had to resort to a, uh, a uh, beer from Convalence Brewing in uh, Des Moines, but uh, I can't wait for that day either. When I'm sitting around the garage shooting the shit, that's a, uh, that's a lot more fun than doing on a zoom meeting. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, regardless to say, I mean, you know, Tuesday nights is fun to get together with you guys and hang out, talk some racing and drink some beers. Cause this is about the only time I drink beers with you guys. <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> all right so jumping in with some results uh we're gonna kick it off with east bay uh, they had a couple races down there the king of the 360s ran down there brad who we got as feature winners yeah the first night on thursday night uh, danny martin jr from sarasota florida won it uh, he pretty much walked away from this one uh, he started right up front and uh, he pretty much i think he led every lap uh, there wasn't much competition there but tim schaefer came up through the pack to finish second Dale Howard, uh, he, he led, I guess he led early, but uh, um, faded towards the end. And then Mark Smith, of course, Mark uh, is, is always solid in, in a 360. And then Eric Riggins Jr. finished fifth. Uh, the next night, uh, the Steel City Outlaw took care of business. Uh, Tim Schaefer won that race with Mark Smith second. Danny Martin Jr. finished third. And so Tim Schaefer won the, the, the points. Uh, it's too bad that the King of the 360 feature on Saturday night got rained out and, and the Ronald Laney, Ronald Laney Memorial didn't happen this year. Uh, always a great race, but uh, Mother Nature took that one from him. So, uh, but still City Outlaw won the point championship uh, he, uh, with a first and a second. Uh, I love what's going to happen with that, uh, with that team in the 72 car from Hefner Racing and Tim Schaefer. I think that they're going to have a big year there in Pennsylvania. You mentioned there, Danny Martin Jr. There, you know, picking up the first night. Man, that kid out there back in the day, he used to be the uh, the top dog running out there at East Bay in that twenty four car. And you, you mentioned that they kind of had a parting ways. Uh, it looks like everybody's kind of kissing, made up, and they're back to their uh, their uh, dominance. Yeah, when when I be racing dot com was actually a, a legitimate website, and uh, people actually paid attention to it. Um, Danny Martin split with the twenty four car and. Danny contacted me and gave me some uh, inside information about it. And I'm not going to repeat it here because it's really none of my business, but uh, it didn't seem like it was a very pleasant split. Uh, So they all went their different ways and they both, uh, the 24 and Danny Martin seemed to struggle a little bit for a few years, but they're back together and they need, apparently need to be back together because they're a solid, solid program down there. So yeah, ibracing.com was the place to get, the latest juicy rumors. And uh, you kind of have a juicy rumor right now about East, Ra- East Bay Raceway Park. Yeah, it's it's on life support. Unfortunately, it's uh, not going to be around a whole lot longer. There's a, there's a company that uh, uh, produces a lot of sludge with, with – uh, you can read the article, but it's a lot of potash and phosphate, and we don't even know what the hell that stuff That's is. That's fertilizer but, stuff uh, we put in my yard but, and make it nice and green. <laughs> But they, they produce it, and then they dump all the sludge beside the racetrack outside of turn one and two and three and four, and they're running out of space. And they bought this 
they bought this land several years ago and they're running out of room. So it looks like in the next uh, one or two years, they're going to end up uh, buying the East Bay Raceway and then they're going to start dumping their sludge on top of that racetrack. So East Bay Raceway is not going to be around a whole lot longer. Uh, Racingnews.com had a story about this, uh, excuse me, a little while back. And so uh, unfortunately it uh, doesn't look good for East Bay Raceway. Hopefully things change because uh, East Bay Raceway Park is one badass little racetrack. I always enjoy watching the races down there. And anytime it's, it's, we anytime we lose a racetrack, is it's bad. I mean, we're kind of in the same situation where we lost McCotton back in the day with rumors of uh, yeah. I don't I don't know if it was a trash thing or it was a feedlot or something like that. A cattle feedlot was going to take over that racetrack, and right now they they haven't done shit with it and it's just sitting there growing weeds. They were yeah, McCotton was going to. Um, semis that hauled cattle and livestock they were going to pull their semis in there and then they're going to wash out the belly of it so all the cow shit and everything else was going to just be um, washed out on the floor and on the ground and uh, the locals in the area fought it and fought it hard and they ended up winning and now the guy that bought that said that uh, he'll be damned if he ever sells that land so it's just sitting there the racetrack is still there Uh, a lot of the stuff has been torn down and thrown away and sold and and so forth. But uh, yeah, that track is still there. Man, I spent many, many Saturday nights there and loved a lot of them. But uh, yeah, East Bay is in the same fate. They're going to, it looks like they're going to go down uh, due to some sludge that's uh, going to need storage. Yeah. The guy, know, it, go ahead, Jason. Yeah. It's, it's sad because, you know, East Bay, you know, Brad and I, you know, growing up, you talk about open wheel. And the greatest thing to come around was, you know, after cold winter, no racing. Here comes open wheel with the big East Bay spread, you know, everybody kicking off and here's the pictures and here are all the new cars and, and all that going on. And I mean, I, I can remember people going down. I remember my dad going down there. I just thought I was, I was the the king, you know, having an East East Bay raceway t-shirt, you know, um, up here. And so it's, it's sad when he's, when those, those names, um, just fall off to the side, but you know, with those, you know, we, we get new ones. And it's nice to see, you know, new new tracks like Lucas Oil and some of those other places it's, growing up and becoming becoming big big places of their own. It's a really oddly shaped racetrack down there in East Bay Raceway. Uh, uh, one of the corners is really wide and sweeping, and the other one is really tight. Uh, it's 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 really it's like a pear shape more than anything. And but uh, it, that just makes you the drivers have to be on their game with their setup and so forth. Yeah, we mentioned Mid Continent where uh, or. What, what, what do they call it? Mid Nebraska Raceway now. Mid Nebraska. Yeah. So the guy that owns it, Doug Stangy, he used to be my favorite driver in the uh, the pro am stock car division. You know, IMCA stock car <laughs> tie deal. Now fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> Sorry. screwed that up. Didn't yeah. He? So uh, so anybody that wants to the land, I mean, it definitely should be a racetrack. I, I I I miss my Saturday nights going out there and you know watching. I didn't. I didn't see a whole lot of sprint car races down there. I mean, that it was a primarily late model NASCAR kind of track, and but to see Kyle Burke turn his first laps in a in a in a full bledged late model at the age of sixteen was was pretty awesome to watch. Even though I was like six seven years old and don't remember a whole lot of it, but I still have the program down there when I went down there on my birthday and he signed it and spelled my name wrong and I still give him shit to this day about it. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Between you, Brad, I, I think maybe Brandon, and then me, because I lived in Hastings. Uh, that's where I'm originally from. That was my first exposure to racing. Yeah, it was definitely not racing was Mid Continent. 
And so, and I'd go there, we'd go for the, I was a big late model fan at the time. Uh, they ran like the super modifieds or whatever and sprints and that. And then I was big, uh, you know, rooting for like Clayton Peterson Jr. And those guys. And so I loved that. That was my, you know, first exposure to it. So Boy, that tells you how, how old I am because I spent every Friday night at Hastings at the fairgrounds. Yeah. yeah. In, right in the middle of town. And then Saturday nights at mid Nebraska or at the time it was mid continent. And then on Sunday nights, I'd go to Kearney. So three nights a week, I'd be at a racetrack and uh, loved every minute of it. And uh, yeah, you had late models. Um, I don't even know what they were called. They were open wheel, Hoodoos. the dwarf cars. They were the big dwarf cars back yeah. back then. Uh, Larry Stromer in the black 40 car was my, my man and Clayton Peterson Jr. in the late models and Dean Ward versus uh, Willie, Willie Heckey, and Willie Heckey. And, mm-hmm. and he always had the Mighty Mouse on his car, and we had uh, um, moving on elephants, and so elephants were always afraid of mice, and so we always beat uh, Willie Heckey. <laughs> uh, not always, but uh, it was a great rivalry. You know, there's probably a good chance that we all three were at that same racetrack at the same time and didn't even, didn't even know about it. Yeah, I mean, my aunt used to take me down there all the time when I was a kid. I used to, you know, play play race cars underneath the grandstands, and like I mentioned before, go uh, go to the grand or the concession stand back there and go get some beer nuts and and have a good time. So I mean, there there's probably a good chance that we were all there at the same time, watching some races, and you know, look what it involved to. Those were the days. <laughs> yeah. So kind of moving on, uh, still down in Florida, USAC a race down at uh, Bubba Raceway Park in Cala, Florida. The sprint car set the track this week. Uh, Kevin Thomas Jr. knocked off the victory uh, on the first night. Justin Grant showing his ways there, uh, picking up the victory the second night, and Mother Nature uh, watched out the weekend once again. I mean, it's kind of the same deal down there in Florida, so watching rain. Uh, but Kevin Thomas Jr. definitely has some interesting comments in victory lane about his past seasons, his... Uh, his uh plans for uh for this season so uh i want to play it thanks to our friends over at flow racing put a pretty bold move on in in three and four and after that it was like that 9k had no problem getting by kyle cummins yeah it was good uh you know davy and aj and jason you know they've uh they really went to work this winter and uh you know coming from where we did last year uh i mean we absolutely sucked so it's uh it's good to get this dr dr pepper mcdonald's 9k uh another win you know it's been a long time since uh, i've won in the family car so uh you know this one's uh this one's pretty special uh bub always gives me shit because i never went at his track and um you know i'm glad we finally did that this year and uh you know i can't say enough about these guys my wife uh puts up with with me and a lot of my attitude and everybody knows i don't like to lose at anything so uh you know it's, it's a lot of hard work on her end too it's uh she she wills and deals, so I, I'm just real thankful to uh, be able to get a win to start the season, and uh, hopefully the weather holds off. Well, how good does it feel to be back in victory lane, and where do we go from here? Victory lane again. KTJ, Kevin Thomas, Jr. It definitely sounds like he has a plan to be back there in victory lane. You can tell at the beginning of the interview that he was a little rusty there in uh, victory lane <laughs> interviews, uh, not rattling off the sponsors right, but he did get uh, brandy points with a wife by mentioning her, so... Uh, KTJ, I think he's going to be definitely be a, a force to reckon with in that uh, Dr. Pepper McDonald's number nine car. See, Kevin, that's how easy it is. Just right off your sponsors right there for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, we all have said several times how much we love non-wing sprint car racing. And unfortunately they don't make it to Nebraska very often, but when they do, they put on a great show, but uh, 
closest thing we got are uh, non-wing sprints at uh, Fairbury. And uh, what's the name of the track called in Fairbury? Jefferson, Jefferson County, County Speedway. Jeff- Jefferson mm-hmm. County. And I, if I'm not mistaken, the 305s are going to be there as well this summer. So, uh, uh, yeah, I think the 305 wing sprint mm-hmm. cars will probably be there. Uh, they ran a race there last year with the URSS. Uh, we're definitely going to get uh, the uh, USAC NOS Energy Drink National Midget Series out there. And then uh, yeah. this race is the USAC uh, Midwest Lightning Sprints or something like that. That's going to be oh, out that's there. that's right. They're, they're non-wing sprints. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I can't wait to get out there and watch that. I, I plan on hitting at least one night of the midgets, and uh, we're going to have some fun this summer and uh, get out there and enjoy uh, some racing and can't wait to see this non-wing stuff and midgets uh, at Fairbury. Yeah, it's definitely going to be pretty awesome. Our, our, our buddy Cody Brewer is putting on that race, so uh, I know he's been reaching out to uh, teams down there in the Oklahoma area. I mean, I didn't know this, but Fairbury is only a five-hour drive from Oklahoma City. It doesn't seem like that's very far at all, considering that I drive. Five, five hours. hours? Yeah, five hours. It seems like it should be a lot more than that because uh, it feels like our, our drive to Knoxville is like four hours, but let's be honest, it's really like two and a half, three. Uh, it's three and a half for me. I don't. I don't push it too hard. You gotta. You'll. You'll have to come up there with with me this year in the Mustang, and we'll we'll set some land speed records in that old that old V six. <laughs> Might get my bald head sunburned with that that top down. Uh, that's the plan, there, buddy. <laughs> All right, so so we're gonna wrap things up here tonight with the uh, the big debates about Bristol Motor Speedway and the World Outlaws. It was announced uh, yesterday that it is going to be invite only race. I don't see anything wrong with it. I don't. No, and yeah, I'm. I'm get, I get y'all steal from uh, you know our discussion and we talk about you know guy on Twitter. It's like this is the big time, and they've got a show to put on. They've got um, you know there's sponsors. I, I'm assuming there's TV packages. There's gonna be a, there's gonna be a need to be a lot of structure. You can't run these things out till midnight. Um, you know, as I'm, we went back and I was watching the old. Uh, Bristol races, you know, from like 2000, 2001. You watched that one on of the YouTube, issues, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, that's, my, that's Sam- my channel right there, buddy. <laughs> you mean the one and, that Sammy won? Yeah, the one Sammy won. And the one, you know, the thing was what, you know, they had a problem with the track and the uh, the lights being so high at Bristol. And it just the dust. With, dust. The, with, with the lights coming all the way up to the top there, it just, it just kind of made it all into a fog. So you got to worry about the track conditions. I mean, we saw that during the Chili Bowl, you know, all these cars, all these guys running. And yeah, it'd be great, but you just don't need, you know, Joe Blow from Kokomo. And I'm just saying that because it rhymes showing up <laughs> with his, you know, showing up with a, you know, a 2000 gambler or whatever, Maxim that has been sitting behind the shed and a 410 that's only legal because it's four and 10 cubic inches, but they'll let it go. You know, showing up there saying, hey, look at me, I'm at Bristol. And it, we're past that. We're past those days now. So I'm I'm totally fine with it. I get that there's a time and place where, you know, Joe Joe from Kokomo could uh, go out there and run his sprint, sprint car. And, and you know, it's a lifelong dream. You know, you, you run a track where they run on the same racetrack as Dale Earnhardt, you know. But uh, you got to think safety-wise. I mean, if you're 30, 40, 50 mile an hour slower than the field, that closing rate is is dangerous. It's, I mean, Donnie Gibson said it's is basically a safety safety issue. So, I can see that. I mean, maybe they have a another race out there where these guys can go out there, but it doesn't need to be with the uh, with the World Outlaws and 
that sort of stuff. I mean, if you look at like you know the closing rate speed, look at look at uh, Belleville with the midgets. I mean, after after Brian got killed, they put the uh, the uh, red green lights on and yellow lights on the back of these cars, where you know you can kind of see these cars a little bit better. You can judge the distance. You can see if it's green flag conditions, red flag conditions, and all that sort of stuff. So I mean, no no offense to like Robert Bell. I mean, love the guy. He he's one of the great guys of the sport, but he doesn't need to be out there with a with a four ten running against shots and Matson and Logan and all those guys. I mean, it's well, and and you know that guy's going to show up. Hey, I'm, I want to race at Bristol just to say I did. And kind of like Jason touched on, he's going to have a 2000 gambler with a $15,000 410 motor in it. So it's going to be legal. Hell, somebody in a 360 might even show up. But the safety factor is, is got to be key because even if you have the 40 best sprint car drivers there and somebody gets hurt, there's going to be somebody crying about they should have never been there because it's way too fast of a racetrack and yeah, it was just too dangerous for the drivers. Well, the drivers know how dangerous it is. And so this invitation only, I have no problem with it. Um, you don't want to have somebody in there that's off the pace by 30, 40 miles an hour on that track. And and even the, even the top 24 that are going to make the A feature, there's going to be a huge speed difference between the top five and the last five. And so it's going to be dangerous enough for those cars. And so these people that are all over Twitter – complaining about invite only look they're going to get the, the the best 30 40 45 cars there that they can get and it, it hasn't uh, even been announced how many cars they're going to invite so i mean right, they right. can invite 80 freaking cars out there and who knows and, I mean, and, and and us fans can't take for granted that everybody is going to be invited maybe they invite tim katie and tim katie says no it's my son's birthday that weekend i am not going and just because he doesn't show up does not mean the outlaws did not reach out to him. So everybody needs to relax. If there's 40 cars there, if there's 35 cars there, enjoy the shit out of those 35 cars because it's going to be a great show. And it doesn't matter if driver A is not there because there's going to be 35 other drivers that are going to be there that are going to put out a great show for us. And you can look at, like, uh, if you look at, like, all the social media stuff, people are bitching and be like, well, I wish I would have known it was an invite race before I bought my tickets. It's a World Outlaw race. I buy my tickets to the World Outlaw race to see the World Outlaws, like Donnie Schatz, Sheldon Hodge, Logan Schuhart, Brad Sweet. I don't buy World Outlaw tickets to go see fucking Terry McCarl run a racetrack. All right? If I no. want to do that, I'll go to Knoxville for a weekly show. But I, I'm buying my ticket yeah. to to see a World of Outlaw race. I, when I bought tickets to go see the Outlaws down at I-80 Speedway, my very first Outlaw show, I bought my ticket to go see Sammy Swindell, Steve Kinsler. I didn't buy it to see Rick Ideas and Don Drow Jr. I love those guys, but I didn't buy my ticket to see those guys race. So your argument to, uh, oh, I wish I would have known it for, before I bought my ticket. You're fucking stupid if you're buying a World Outlaw ticket at $40, $50 to pop to go see your local guy race. <laughs> it, you know, okay, yeah, let, let's flip that. Let's flip the other side of that and say, all right, yeah, I got the, um, you know, we're going to have 60 cars there, but my guys are traveling on the World Outlaws. You know, it's kind of a dangerous place, so we'll go ahead and let them opt out if they feel like they don't want to run it, don't want to be on the motor. You know, you know what I'm saying? 
So flip it the other way and say, yeah, but we're going to let the top 10. We're going to let well, them. Well, goddamn, you know, I bought my ticket out. to see the, see the world outlaws, and they're not going to fucking race? That's right. And so it just it just gets tiresome. And they get tiresome. The people complain about participation trophy cultures, and that yet they want to they're complain because they don't get to see a an H feature or something like that. I no one goes for the H feature, all right, except for the guy that's in the H feature. Yeah. <laughs> so it, I, it's, I agree. it's tiresome. I, uh, I mean, if my guy is in the H feature, yeah, fuck, I want him to win. But you know what? Yeah, I, hey, I, great. I, I didn't go to watch him run the a, H feature. I came to watch him run the A feature. To touch on both of your guys' points, I, I pay the $40 to watch the Outlaws. I The only other expectation I have when I go to an Outlaw race is I want to full field of cars. And whether that's 24 cars or 34, so there's a, a good B feature, that's up to you guys to decide. But I want to see 22 or 24 cars in the A feature and put on a great show Three heat races, a dash, and a sprint car, or a feature is good enough for me. And I'm not there to watch uh, little Jimmy from the backwoods to um, to run the C feature or anything. That's not what I'm there for. But if I, I'm looking at an article right now, April 11th of 2020, of 2020, Sammy Swindell reflects on Bristol World of Outlaw success in sprint car midget. A world, a a trooper from Tennessee was clocking, we had a radar gun, was clocking drivers going into the corner, and Sammy was running 185 miles an hour. That if is hauling ass in a sprint if car. If that's like, that's Syracuse. Yeah, that's Syracuse smile an hour right and there. And they're doing it in smaller space. And if he's running 185 miles an hour, you don't want somebody in there running 120 miles an hour. And so I have zero problems and zero issues with the outlaws making this an invite only race because you're going to get the, the, the 15 world of outlaw drivers are going to be there. And then 25 other great race car drivers are going to be there. Is your guy going to be there? Maybe not, but there's going to be 40 or however many drivers, there's going to be 40 great drivers there and they're going to put on a great show. And so sit back, buckle up and enjoy the show. Yeah, and uh, we mentioned earlier that, you know, that your guy could be invited. Like, you know, Terry McCarl, I'm scrolling through SprintCarFan.com on Facebook, and these this is the fucking cesspool of sprint car racing right here. But uh, it, it says that Terry McCarl was, you know, somebody commented saying, well, Terry McCarl should race. And, and it looks like that, you know, the outlaws reached out to Terry, and he declined to go out there. So, like I said, your your guy could have been invited. But logistically, does it make sense for Terry McCarl to run, go travel all the way to Knox, or Bristol, Tennessee to run a race? Not really. I mean, is he going to make any money out there? More than likely not. So, I mean, just because your guy's not, you're, you're, you think your local hero of Danny Dietrich, uh, he also came out and said he's not going to race Bristol. It's probably because he's scared. <laughs> just oh, I was gonna say I was gonna say that about Terry McCarl, but hey. <laughs> but, but I mean are, it's just there like, are those that don't, you know, don't want to run those types of tracks, you know. Well, well, for look whatever at, reason. Look at look what happened to Belleville. You know, it, it declined just because guys didn't want to go out there on yeah. that speed with the midget. It's gonna eat a motor up that that whole mm-hmm. weekend is gonna eat up at least one motor. So you're gonna have a motor and you're gonna run two nights of racing. Chances are you might have to just send that to the shop right after two races to get refreshed because the RPMs, the speed that it's going to eat those motors alive. And so 
not everybody wants to put that money into the motors just for two races. Yeah, and and if you look at like when this was announced, Johnny Gibson, you know, jumped on and saying, "I have no idea how many invitations are going to be sent out, but if I were to pick forty-two drivers, and everybody's taking Johnny Gibson as fucking gospel right here, where oh, this is Johnny Gibson saying it. This is this is what the outlaw sent out. No, he even tweeted, you know, the very first you know sense. I have no idea. And cre- in capital letters. Yeah, but yeah. if you look at his list of forty-two drivers that he put out. I don't see anybody that doesn't belong in there that should be that, and I that should be on there that's not on there. I mean, it, one one name that jumps out to me is Tim Cading, but we have no idea. That's from California, and yeah. plus he doesn't have a have a ride, um, so he's not going to fly out to Tennessee for a half ass ride. And maybe he's got other issues, like maybe he's got a son's birthday or something like that. So just because Tim Kagan's not on that list does not mean they reached did not reach out to him. So yeah, I mean, you know, guys like a T, like TK out, coming out there. If he had a four ten ride out there in that area, be like, hey, I can jump in this car and come out there and race. I'm ninety nine percent sure the Outlaws was like, yeah, you know, come on out. But right. I mean, now if a guy like fuck, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but say Mike Boston had a four ten sprint car ride and wanted to come out there. Probably not a fucking good idea. Yeah. Well, look at uh, um, Justin Henderson. Yeah, uh, another he, guy. He's, a, yeah. he's not on the list, and he he could easily handle that. Um, but does you, it you make go, it, re, you know, logistically, it, financially, re, you know, viable right. for Justin Henderson to go out there and tow out there? Probably right. not. Probably not. Yeah, I agree. And Mark Dobmeyer, uh, he's got great backing from Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, he's that would be a huge haul for him to go from North Dakota down uh, down to Tennessee. But who knows? Maybe they reach out. Maybe the, that list that Johnny posted of forty two drivers. Maybe there's ten of them that say no. Well, they need to reach out to ten more drivers. Maybe they do reach out to Mark Dobmeyer. Maybe they don't. And who- but uh, he he could handle those speeds. But would it be? feasible for him to do that as, as a business for, for him and the 13 car. And who's to say that these 42 drivers that Johnny Gibson tweeted out have not already contacted the outlaws. Be like, Hey, I'm thinking about running this just be, right. I think people are out there are going to have unrealistic expectations of this being a 200 car field. It's, it's not the Knoxville nationals. It's yeah, it's Bristol motor speedway. It's pretty fucking cool, but who's to say that, you know, Look at last time they ran it out there. Out there, they had forty-five cars. Yeah, well, they're running late models and modifieds over two weekends. Yeah, right. So you got that to deal with, and well, kind of, kind of reminiscing. Wasn't this? Oh, this was a great race between Jeff Shepard and uh, Sammy. Oh yeah, it was awesome. Oh yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah, and wasn't this also the race where um, Sammy and Danny Masoski got into it, and Sammy interviewed, and they said, "No, that's because Donnie's uh, Danny's afraid to run the the high speed top line." And Danny goes, "Well, if you mess with the bull, you get the horns." Well, Sammy never got the horns. Sammy got the checkered flag. I, I am, I, am I wrong there? It wasn't no. that the same race. Yeah, yeah. it is. Okay. Uh, all right, so here here's the the uh, I I believe this is the comments that Brad was talking about with the uh, this was back in 2001 Bristol Night One World Outlaws out there. 
and uh, I have this uh, this video on on YouTube. It has one hundred thousand views on it. So I people are digging the old bristle races on YouTube. All right, so I lied to you. Welcome back to the Bristol Motor Speedway. I said things are nice and quiet down there with Sammy Swindell. Moments ago, he had a visit from Danny Lasoski, who seems to be a little bit animated. And Sammy says, let's not talk here. TNN's camera is eavesdropping. They talked for a little while. As you can see, a rather animated discussion. We had talked, Brad, about the intensity at the uh, top of the show. This is what yep. it's all about. And frustrations and tempers getting ready to flare because of the traveling and all the rainouts. And this might just be some of it coming to a head right here. Then eventually uh, the dude goes on back. Now we are live, and Sammy is with Bobby Gerald. Bobby, uh, What's going on down there? Well, we'll find out. We're down here with Sammy right now. He pulled in the number one car after the heat race. Let's first talk about uh, the the start out there. What's your contention on the start? You're obviously unhappy. Yeah, well, you know, it's supposed to be when the front leaders get to the white line, you can go. But Jeff Stewart's uh, or Jeff Shepard's motor didn't take off. So it was either run into him or go under him, you know. So uh, I went under him. But apparently they don't like the channel lock team uh, starting up front. They don't want a car dominating this race, I guess. So, uh, uh didn't get a very good start there on the second one and had a guy, I was in between a couple guys, but they closed the door on me and lost some spots down in one and two. But uh, we'll come back and, um, you know, if they want to start in the back, I guess we'll start in the back. If we want it from there, we earned it. Shame on them. Sammy, what was going on with Lasoski? He came down and said something to you. Oh, I don't know. He likes to get in the middle of the TV, so I think he's seen the cameras over here. They weren't in his car, so he had to come down here and, 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 and get in the middle of it. So uh, but I just gave him a little push on the start, and I guess he didn't like that. So uh, he's a little nervous here. He don't like to go this fast anyway. So, uh, you know, <laughs> if he can't handle it, you know, he needs to park it. All right, there's Sammy Swindell's version. Let's go over to Dave Argabright. Wow. Well, that's, those are some strong words. I guess uh, Sammy just said that if you can't handle it here, you should park it. What was the discussion down there a minute ago? Ah, that's what he said, huh? That's for you, Sammy. Then I'll tell you what. Uh, bottom line is uh, he got caught for jumping. For some reason, he thought he was going to take it out on my car. Well, he's going to mess with the bull. He's going to get the horn. I can tell you that. Oh, well, woo! Fighting words in my day, boys. Woo-hoo! Well, for the record, he did not get the horns. He got his <laughs> ass whooped by Sammy's. But yeah, I mean, you know, this, this is what I love about racing is, you know, you got the drama, you got you got fun stuff like that. And Bristol, man, it's going to be a dangerous place. Uh, racing mm-hmm. is dangerous. And Sammy said it right there. Yeah. You know, speed's a factor here. It is. Yeah. And this was in 2001. So when, when, now the, the when cars, the cars were making like, you know, 700, 800 horsepower, now they're making 900 fucking horsepower and, and yeah. it's going to be fucking mm-hmm. badass. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what this produces because if if they were 185 miles an hour top speed going into the corner back then, what is it going to be now that they're $70,000 motors, lighter cars? Uh, I I can't wait to see what this has. I'm going to buy a Dirt Vision for that month just to watch this race. We're coming over to your house and we're having a a, uh, party because Cobra's going to be over by then, boy. Right, boys? Well, if you're like me on Friday, I get my second shot. So if you get I'm your not second like shot, you. Man, come on over. I'm not like you. <laughs> Sorry, we're just a bunch of plebes over here. Yeah, we're fucking Saturday. We're, I'm going to be peasants. rolled up in a 
Peasants, I plan yeah. on being rolled up in a ball in my bed, sweating, body aches, fever, <laughs> everything. Got that, got that third Sunday, arm growing and some superpowers brewing, right? Yeah. And Sunday, I'm going to pull off my vest and have Superman, and I'm ready to go. <laughs> I I admire you, but hopefully, hopefully, you know, we can have uh, a uh, a party and uh, watch some outlaws yep. and whatnot. But the main thing is, by the time racing season kicks off, we all three need to get to a track together and, and have some fun. I do like your idea what you talked about earlier about us three doing kind of like a live show at Fairbury or Eagle or I-80 when the outlaws come to town, whatever, something like that. Uh, if Wing Nation can do it, we can do it. Yeah, I, I know. I have no doubt that we can we can do it. And uh, I know our friends over the front stretch uh, with uh, Dan Taylor and, and uh, Kirk will uh, be more than welcome to jump on with us. And we, we can have a little collab, as the uh, YouTubers say, and uh, have some fun. <laughs> Sounds like a plan to me. I'm looking forward to it. All right. So, guys, with that being said, that's going to wrap up this edition of Quick Time, the podcast. If you have any comments for the show or anything like you want to, want to, you know, get off your chest, uh, any any comments, anything you'd like to say to the crew here, uh, whatever you want to talk about, uh, dial up our, our hotline that we just, we just started today. I think it's going to be a little fun edition of the show. So that number, once again, is 402-937-937. Nine zero zero three. Everybody, we'll catch you on the flip side.